If you've been looking for a comprehensive Bible school curriculum that explores redemptive realities in Jesus Christ grounded in the Word of God, look no further. The goal of this podcast is to spread the life-transforming Word of God throughout the world for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry and to build up the body of Christ in what Jesus has accomplished for us through His death, burial, resurrection, and seating at the right hand of God the Father. There's such an untapped potential for Christians to enter into their glorious inheritance in Jesus Christ. Together we will discover what Jesus has done for us by providing such a great salvation and how to appropriate the promises of God in our lives. Jesus said in John chapter 8 verse 31, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Each podcast season will cover one of the books that I have compiled over the years. You can find a complete listing of my Christian education material on my website at www.wordinspire.com. You're welcome to download these ebooks for free in PDF format for your own personal or ministry use. So let's explore these biblical truths and principles together that will absolutely transform our lives. God bless. Welcome to the Gospel series, The Discourses of Jesus, The Fulfillment of the Law, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 to 20, Luke 16, verse 17. The theme is the integrity of the scriptures can never be compromised or fail, they are eternal. The context is Jesus was teaching a large group of people on a mountainside in the Galilean region, Matthew 5, 17. Jesus said, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. The Old Covenant Shadow The Old Testament writings are full of rich messianic prophecies, the first one being in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, either as direct references to specific events or types and shadows, revealing analogies to some truth about the Messiah, Jesus Christ. For example, consider Joseph in the book of Genesis. The Bible records that Joseph saved his brothers from death, even though they had tried to kill him. When they arrived in Egypt, they failed to recognize him. Many consider this a picture or analogy of how the Messiah was received by the Jews, God's chosen people, when he came 2,000 years ago. The Old Covenant was in force until the end of John the Baptist's ministry. 
The three and a half years of Jesus' ministry was a transition period between the Old and New Covenants. Matthew 11, verse 12. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and forceful men lay hold of it. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. We now live under a new and better covenant through faith in Jesus Christ, according to Hebrews chapter 8, verse 5 and 6. As a matter of fact, in light of the new covenant, the old one is obsolete. Hebrews 8.13 That does not mean that the Old Covenant and Old Testament stories have lost their value. They are still rich in truth, acting as a foundation for our faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 1 through 13, 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 19, and chapter 3 verse 2. Hebrews 10.1 The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices, repeated endlessly, year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Jesus came to fulfill the law and the prophets. Matthew 5.17 Jesus said, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. There are numerous passages in the Gospels and in the book of Acts that have the words fulfill and fulfilled in reference to Jesus fulfilling the Old Testament prophecies concerning himself. Now this is just a few of them. Consider the coming of Jesus Christ to the earth. Matthew 1 verse 22 to 23. Jesus was born of a virgin. Matthew chapter 2 verse 14 to 22. Jesus as a small child called back from Egypt. Matthew 2 verse 23. Mark 16 verse 6. John chapter 1 verse 45. And Acts 24 verse 5. Jesus being raised in Nazareth. The mode and location of Jesus' ministry was also foretold in the Old Testament. Luke chapter 4, verse 17 to 21, John 6, verse 45. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 13 to 16, it was stated that he would minister in the Galilee area. Matthew 8, verse 16 to 17, Jesus healing the sick. Matthew chapter 12, verse 15 to 21, Jesus anointed with the Holy Spirit, a humble servant to care for people. Matthew 13, verse 13 to 15, and verse 35. The fact that Jesus would speak to the people in parables. Matthew 21, verse 4 through 7, the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. John chapter 12, verse 38 to 41, and chapter 15, verse 25, the spiritual blindness of the Jews and rejection of Jesus. Even the very prediction of Judas betraying Jesus, which was fulfilled in Matthew 27, verse 3 through 10, John 13, verse 18 to 19, chapter 17, verse 12, chapter 18, verse 9, and Acts chapter 1, verse 15 to 22. The life of Jesus, culminated in his death, burial, and resurrection, and ascension into heaven, was fulfilled in Luke chapter 18, verse 31 to 34, 22, verse 36 to 37. Jesus foretold his suffering in advance to his disciples. Luke chapter 24, verse 25 to 27, verse 44, it was written in the Law of Moses and the Prophets and the Psalms. Matthew chapter 26, verse 53 to 56, John 18, verse 31 to 32, Jesus refused to be delivered from being crucified. John chapter 19, verse 23 to 24, the fact that Jesus' garment was gambled for by the soldiers. In verse 28 to 30, Jesus carefully fulfilled every detail to the very end. In verse 31 to 37 of chapter 19, the fact that Jesus' legs were not broken but was pierced. 
The early church infused the gospel message along with fulfilled Old Testament scriptures, as we see in Luke chapter 1, verse 1, Acts 15, verse 15 to 18, chapter 28, verse 23 to 31, Romans chapter 1, verse 1 through 4, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 through 2, Acts chapter 7, chapter 13, verse 14 to 41, lengthy references made to the Old Testament. Acts chapter 3, verse 18, chapter 10, verse 43, the fact that Jesus would suffer for the forgiveness of sins. Also in Acts chapter 3, verse 17 to 26, chapter 24, verse 14 to 16, chapter 26, verse 7 through 8, a message that the Jews would understand. Acts 13, verse 46 to 48, chapter 26, verse 22 to 23, a message not only for the Jews, but for the Gentiles too. Many of God's people under the Old Covenant long to see the days we are living in today, as we see in Matthew 13, verse 17, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10 through 12. Love is the fulfillment of the law, as stated in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, chapter 22, verse 35 to 40, John 13, 34 to 35, Romans chapter 13, verse 8 through 10. When we walk in love, there is no need for a law, according to Galatians 5, 23, 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 8 through 11. John chapter 1 verse 17. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Jesus did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. For the purpose of the law was to lead us to him. It was meant to be a temporary institution until the ultimate answer to sin came. Galatians 3 verse 19 to 29. John chapter 1 verse 29 to 31. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Here are some more scriptures about prophecies in the Old Testament fulfilled in the Gospels. The Messiah must be born in Bethlehem, Micah 5 verse 2, fulfilled in Matthew 2 verse 1 and Luke chapter 2 verse 4 through 7. The Messiah must be adorned by great persons. Prophecy is found in Psalms chapter 72 verse 10 through 11, Matthew 2 verse 1 through 11. The Messiah must be anointed with the Holy Spirit, Isaiah chapter 11 verse 2, 61 verse 1, fulfilled in Matthew 3 16. John chapter 3 verse 34, Acts 10:38. The Messiah must be hated without cause. Isaiah 49:7, Psalms 69 verse 4, fulfilled in John 15 verse 24 to 25. The Messiah must be undesired and rejected by his own people. That prophecy was found in Isaiah 53:2, 63 verse 3, Psalms 69 verse 8, fulfilled in Mark 6 verse 3. Luke chapter 9 verse 58, John chapter 1 verse 11. The Messiah must be plotted against by the Jews and Gentiles together. Psalms chapter 2 verse 1 through 2, and fulfilled in Acts chapter 4 verse 27. The Messiah must be betrayed by a friend. That prophecy is found in Psalms chapter 41 verse 9, chapter 55 verse 12 through 24, fulfilled in Matthew chapter 26 verse 21 to 25. Verse 47 through 50, John chapter 13, verse 18 to 29, Acts chapter 1, verse 16 to 18. The Messiah must be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. 
That was prophecy was made in Zechariah chapter 11 verse 12, fulfilled in Matthew 26 verse 16. The Messiah must have his price given for a potter's field. Zechariah 11:13, fulfilled in Matthew 27 verse 7. The Messiah must be forsaken by his disciples. Zechariah 13 verse 7, fulfilled in Matthew 26 verse 31 and verse 56. The Messiah must be struck on the cheek. Micah chapter 5 verse 1, fulfilled in Matthew 27 verse 30. The Messiah must be spat on. Isaiah 50 verse 6, fulfilled in Matthew 26 verse 67 and chapter 27 verse 30. The Messiah must be mocked. Psalms 22 verse 7 through 8, fulfilled in Matthew 27 verse 31, verse 39 to 44. The Messiah must be beaten. Isaiah chapter 50 verse 6, fulfilled in Matthew 26 verse 67, chapter 27 verse 26 and verse 30. The Messiah must be thirsty during his execution. Psalms 22 verse 15, fulfilled in John chapter 19 verse 28. The Messiah must be given vinegar to quench that thirst. Psalms 69 verse 21, fulfilled in Matthew 27 verse 34. The Messiah must be considered a transgressor. Isaiah 53 verse 12, and fulfilled in Matthew 27 verse 38. The Messiah must be buried with the rich when dead. Isaiah 53 verse 9, fulfilled in Matthew 27 verse 57 to verse 60. The Messiah must be sought after by Gentiles as well as the Jews. In Isaiah chapter 11 verse 10, chapter 42 verse 1, fulfilled in Acts chapter 10 verse 45, the Messiah must be accepted by the Gentiles. According to Isaiah chapter 11 verse 10, chapter 42 verse 1 through 4, chapter 49 verse 1 through 12, fulfilled in Matthew 12 verse 21, Acts 10 verse 45, Romans chapter 5 verse 9 through 12. God's word can never fail. Matthew 5 verse 18. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. It is absolutely impossible for God's word to fail. If it could, then God would cease to be God and this whole universe would be in a world of hurt. We have great assurances in the scriptures along these lines. It is impossible for God to lie is found in Titus 1-2, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 16 to 20. God's word is given by inspiration of God. 2 Timothy 3-16, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16 to 21. God's word is established forever. Psalms 119, verse 89, verse 144, verse 152, verse 160, verse 165, and Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5 through 6. Jesus said in Luke chapter 21 verse 33, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Isaiah 55 verse 10, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. The opening statement Jesus makes in Matthew 5 verse 18 in the King James Version is, For verily I say unto you, is in the emphatic particle in the Greek as a strong word of affirmation. There are three aspects to the law, the moral, ceremonial, and judicial. 
The Ten Commandments are part of the moral law and serve as the foundation for the Old Covenant. The vast legal system of Israel's civil, criminal, judicial, and ecclesiastical systems, known as the Mosaic Law, were framed after the covenant law of the Ten Commandments, not with a view of expanding it, but to enforce it. The religious leaders of Jesus' time thought Jesus was a fanatic who came to undermine, dismiss, and abolish the old covenant law and prophecies. Jesus came not to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill and accomplish them. The commandments are still valid. Matthew 5.19 Jesus said anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Some folks have the wrong perception concerning the law, that it's a bad and repressive thing, but not when it's handled properly, according to 1 Timothy 1.8. We know that the law is good if one uses it properly. Remember that Jesus was born and died under the old covenant to fulfill it completely. This explains why Jesus made so many references to it. Matthew chapter 8 verse 3 through 4, Luke 17 verse 11 through 19. The new covenant was not put into force until after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Matthew 26 verse 28 to 29, Hebrews chapter 8 verse 7 through 8 and verse 13, Hebrews 9:15 and verse 23 to 28 in chapter 12 verse 24. Matthew 13:52. Jesus said to them, "Therefore every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. Now the Old Testament was given by inspiration for that dispensational period, according to Acts chapter 7 verse 37 to 38. The moral law is an expression of God's holy character and nature. That never changes. Malachi 3.6 and Hebrews 13 verse 8. The Ten Commandments are still to be obeyed under the New Covenant, but under the New Covenant it's done by grace, through faith, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 through 10, and by the new birth, Romans chapter 13, verse 8 through 10, 2 Corinthians 5.17, Galatians 6.15. Those living under the old covenant had the impossible task of obeying the law perfectly. That does not change the reality of the truth behind the law for us today. Galatians 3, verse 21 to 22. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 18. The former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law made nothing perfect and a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. There is still great value to be gained from the Old Testament. According to Romans 2, verse 17 to 20, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 through 13. A righteousness apart from the law. Matthew 5, verse 20. Jesus said, For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. The mandate is clear in Acts 17.30. But now he commands all people, everywhere, to repent. Concerning this dispensation of grace we are now living under today, the Old Covenant was based on a system of works, a limited righteousness, Hebrews 9.6, chapter 10, verse 1 through 24, waiting for Jesus to come and make the ultimate, once-for-all sacrifice for sin for all time, Hebrews 7.27, Chapter 9, verse 12, verse 24 to 28, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 2, and verse 10. The gospel message of the Old Covenant was to be circumcised and obey the law of Moses. 
Luke 16, verse 27 to 31, Hebrews 4, verse 1 through 2. Under the new covenant, we are justified by faith in Jesus Christ alone, not by observing the law. Romans 3, verse 19 to 30, chapter 2, verse 29. The work of God now is to simply believe and receive Jesus as Lord. Romans 10, verse 9 through 10. John 6, 29. Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. This reference Jesus was making to the religious leaders in Matthew 5, verse 20, certainly pointed to their hypocrisy. But more than that, the law does not save, but simply identifies and condemns sin and the sinner. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 and 9. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. If the ministry that condemns men is glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? Self-righteousness of good works and moral living fails. Isaiah 64, verse 6. Galatians 2, verse 15 to 16. Colossians 2, verse 16 to 23. In reality, the law was a means to an end under the Old Covenant. Even though it represents God's eternal holy nature, it was never meant for mankind to uphold apart from God's grace. From birth, we are set up for failure. So now, mankind is looking for a Savior, either through religion, science, or themselves. For us, Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life according to John 14, verse 6, Galatians 3, verse 17 to 25. It was a gift of God's grace, not by works that bring salvation. There are so many scriptures that support this truth that it's undeniable. Sadly, that is what all the religions of the world are all about, trying to earn their way into heaven. The falsity of the presumption that my good works will somehow outweigh my bad works, making me acceptable in God's sight, is just flat wrong. The scriptures plainly declare that just one sin dooms a person to eternal perdition. We cannot recall the punishment of our sin as much as a murderer can pardon himself by being a good person for the rest of his life. When we commit the crime, we have to do the time, unless we are able to find a willing substitute to take our place, one who has never committed a sin. That would be Jesus. I owed a debt I could not pay. He paid a debt he did not owe. We all need a Savior, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, and the penalty of sin is death. If as Christians we try to serve God in our own strength or make up our own rules and depart from the revelation in Scripture, we are in effect putting ourselves under the curse of the law. This is a religion, and it only produces death. Certainly, God wants us to produce good works. God's method is by His grace and through our faith in His Word to produce good fruit, allowing the transforming power of his word and spirit to change us, but not by works of our own self-righteousness, trying to earn God's favor. That is relative moralism. Deuteronomy 27 verse 26, Romans 4 verse 4 through 8, Galatians 2 verse 15 to 16, verse 18 to 21, chapter 3 verse 1 through 12, Galatians 5 verse 2 through 6, Ephesians 2 verse 8 through 10, in James chapter 2, verse 8 through 11. God bless.
I highly encourage you to continue listening to the Word of Life Study Series podcast and encourage your friends to tune in as well. The scriptures encourage us in Acts chapter 17 verse 11 to receive the message with great eagerness and to examine the scriptures every day in order to confirm the truth that you're hearing. God's word is our final authority for all matters that pertain to life and godliness. I'd like to close this episode by praying over you according to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when God raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And in chapter 2, verse 6, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Be blessed and see you soon.